Good morning, church. How y'all doing this morning? Amen. So glad to see each and every one of you here today. We give God praise and honor for such a great Thanksgiving and such a great time of family and food and fun together because I'm sure that each of you have had a blessed time. But we thank God for bringing us back together today. I just, I just am honored and, and just humbled by the fact that God chooses to use a vessel like me. I thank God for being here today. Now, I also want to honor our pastor in his absence. He had the opportunity to go see his grandchildren for the first time in a while. And so we pray him traveling mercies as he comes back from that visit. Oh, he told me he was gonna be mighty late for service today, <laughs> since he was only leaving uh, at Arkansas at five, five minutes before time for us to start our meeting. So <laughs> I thank God for him and I thank God for allowing me to be here. I also want to honor the wonderful man that I've been married to for 28 beautiful years. Amen, amen. That man of God, that wonderful uh, partner and friend, I thank God for him, and we want to wish him a very happy birthday. Happy birthday, my love. Happy birthday. Amen. Today, we're going to talk about the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Now, I want y'all to, to say that with me because I want you to own this thing. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Oh, hallelujah. We thank God. We're coming from Nehemiah 8, 9 through 12, from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. And it reads, And Nehemiah was the governor and Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat and drink sweet wine and send portions of them to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites stilled all the people saying, shh, be quiet, for the day is holy do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink and to send portions and to make great rejoicing because they had understood the words that were declared to them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us go now to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we come thanking you for your blessings. Thank you for your love and your kindness. Even when we pull away from you, you still love your people and stay close to us. Thank you for your grace and your peace. 
Help us to open ourselves to your joy that we may be strengthened by you. Though the Christmas season is a sad time for some who have been touched by loss and grief, help us all to walk in your joy and your peace so the pain does not overtake us. We know joy is the fruit of the Spirit. Fill us with your Spirit, Lord, so joy overflows and brings gladness to others. Despite our circumstances, help us to show and share joy everywhere we go. Lord, help me to, to bring a word to your people which will increase their understanding of you, your word, and your great joy. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Now, this story is told by Nehemiah. It is actually what we're reading is peeking into his diary. It is his memoirs uh, here in this scripture. It happened around 539 BCE. The last of the exiled Jews were returning home from Babylon under the decree of King Cyrus the Great. Nehemiah has been busy negotiating with creditors and benefactors so he can complete his building project. He is completing the rebuilding of the wall of Jerusalem. See, Nebuchadnezzar had come through and tore the whole thing down. Now, Nehemiah is being ridiculed and, and laughed at for taking on such a huge, impossible task. But despite the disbelief of others, God gave the people who participated in the rebuild, the strength and grace to complete the building project in record time. It tells us that it only took 52 days to complete this impossible project. See, this was an impossible feat for man. But oh, hallelujah, there is nothing impossible with God. See, the walls were up. The city was finally safe and no longer lying in disgrace. Everyone was returning to their own hometown. Jerusalem was a, a vast area, but very few of the people actually lived there or claimed it as their hometown. Now, this left the city underpopulated. See, Nehemiah believed it would be the central city, the spiritual and cultural center for the people. <laughs> it's good to look back and say, Nehemiah, you were right. That's exactly what Jerusalem is today, the capital city and a great hub for spiritual and cultural growth for the Jewish people. See, this was the beginning of Nehemiah's dream being realized. The people are finally safe at home. Babylon no longer had a hold on them. The Persian struggle was over. They are free from oppression. They are free from repression. God has given them victory in every way. Oh, hallelujah. When God gives you victory, 
When God gives you victory, it's time, it's time to give God the praise. See, when God gives you great victory, we do just as Nehemiah did. We need to dedicate and celebrate. Hallelujah. So Nehemiah invites all the people to come and participate in the dedication of the new walled city. The Babylonian exile has lasted 70 years and has caused the people to be disconnected from their faith and from their culture and from each other. Some of the exiled people may have even felt a disconnect from their God. Mm. But Nehemiah was hoping that this ancient religious ceremony would bring the people back together, would, would strengthen their community and reaffirm their faith and assure them that God has remembered them and has reclaimed them after this exile and after this uh, Jerusalem's devastation. God still loved his people. Nehemiah knew that they needed to reclaim their sense of history, their stories, and their God. By the seventh month, all the people had, had gotten settled in their own towns. So on the first day of the seventh month, the people all came to the city square in front of the water gate. I kept asking myself, why did they meet in front of the water gate? What's a water gate? See, I believe this gathering place is significant. The water gate is the gate through which Jerusalem received over 90% of their water. See, water is necessary for our physical life. Our bodies are made up of more than 70% of water. It's necessary. And it is especially important in this desert region. People understood and respected the need for water. God, according to Isaiah, is springs of living water. God is necessary for our spiritual and physical life. The people returned to Jerusalem and gathered at the water gate that day. Not for physical water, but in search of the springs of living water. They went in search of God. God called them to the water gate. And God met them there. Oh, hallelujah. God was there waiting for the people. The people told Ezra, the priest and scribe, to bring the book of the law of Moses. Now, some say this book was legal documents. Some say it was a collection of priestly writings. Some say it was the laws from the book of Deuteronomy. But most believe it was the Torah, the Pentateuch, which consists of the books of Genesis through Deuteronomy. See, in this ancient culture, though most were functionally literate, they did not have access to, to books and scrolls and the reading materials. Thus, they had a more oral culture. Those who had access to these documents and, and these reading materials, they read to other people. 
And then the other people, they retold the stories that they had learned. So was the tradition of the inhabitants of Israel. We often say God blessed the readers and hearers of God's holy word because the people could only be blessed by hearing the word of God and they could only hear when other people read to them. So that day, all those who could hear the word stood before the assembly. It was men and it was women, it was children, those who at least who could understand and comprehend the word of God, they all stood there at the water gate. The people had prepared a podium and Ezra stood there before the people and he began to read. See, Ezra the priest, Nehemiah the governor, and the Levites all helped to interpret the word so the people could understand it. From sun up to high noon, they read and expounded on the word and taught the people. Now this was a seven hour sermon, an all day seminar, and they took a break around lunch just in time for lunch, right there around noon. Now I promise that I'll work hard not to allow this to be a seven hour sermon. <laughs> I'll get it at least under six. <laughs> when the people understood the word and recognized their transgressions, they began to weep and they began to mourn. Oh, Lord, we have sinned against God. And their hearts were torn in two. You see, the word of God convicts our hearts and brings us to repentance. See, this is the nature of the word to bring about transformation, to make us feel something inside. So the hearts of the people were broken. They had sinned against God and finally understood their history and their story. They had lost it from 70 years of exile. So they reclaimed their identity and recognized who they were in God and they fell on their knees before the Lord and they worshiped God. Oh my goodness. See, when we find our identity in God, when we recognize who and whose we are, we can't help but humble ourselves, repent and praise and worship a holy God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. You can't help but praise the Lord when you understand the goodness of Jesus. But this was not the time for sorrow. It was not the time for weeping. They had been redeemed and reclaimed by God. God is a God of mercy and had forgiven their sins. This was not a time for crying. It was a time for celebration. <laughs> so the governor, Nehemiah, Ezra and the Levites, they told them, they said, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn and do not weep. Go, eat the fat, drink sweet wine, and send some to those who do not have anything prepared. Help those less fortunate, those that don't have any food. 
But do not grieve because this is a holy day of our Lord. Our Lord Jehovah, for the joy of the Lord is what? Is our strength. All right now. Nehemiah and Ezra wanted the people to understand their current position with God. Thus they were saying, hey folks, God has delivered you from bondage and captivity. God has brought you home and given you a safe place to lay your head. You have heard and, and you understand the word of God now. You are reconnected to your stories and to each other. God is still doing a work on your behalf. It is not a time for grieving. It's a time for great rejoicing because God still loves you and is taking care of you. We are not a conquered people, but we are God's people. Oh, my God. So let's celebrate the ancient festival to show the Lord how much we love and appreciate Jehovah, our deliverer. Oh, my Lord. See, these last this last year and nine months have separated us as a people. The pandemic has, has caused devastation in our homes and in our hearts. See, we've been longing to be together, to eat together, to play together, but we also want to be safe. It's been a frightening time, a time of uncertainty, a time of loss. Some of us may feel God has forgotten us. But we must remember the joy of the Lord is our strength. We must allow the, our faith to encourage our hearts. Oh, let's be a faithful people. See, this is the first Sunday of Advent. We are entering a holy time, remembering the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is a period of, of preparation and anticipation for the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ at Christmas. Oh, thank you, Lord. It also is the preparation for the second coming of Christ. See, the Christmas season is a great time for rejoicing because our Savior was born and will come again for us. Now, I know many of you and many of us may struggle to embrace this great joy. It's hard when your heart is broken to embrace this joy. Because of our losses we have experienced throughout the years, many of us will be weakened by grief and depression and despair. And this holiday season will be very difficult. But I am here to tell you today, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Even in our weakest moments, during our greatest time of grief, we can call on the Lord. And the Lord will be our strength. I believe God is doing God's own rebuilding project. Bringing us all back together bringing us all back from wherever we've been and however we've been to come on back to the house of the Lord. 
See, we can dwell a bit in safety now. So come together as a people. Worship together as a people. And I'm so excited about this Advent event that we're having tonight. It gives us an opportunity to come together, to drink, to eat, to feast, and, and, and spend time and love one another. Oh, what a time. We need that here. Some people are going to be lonely. Some people are going to be alone. So they need that time with the people of God. So come on out and be with us. And for those who are still in the struggle, know this. I want you to seek laughter because it is good for the soul. See, find something every day, something to laugh about every day. And it will reduce those feelings of anxiety and depression. See, we have to remember the good times, the funny stories, the promises of God to allow your joy to come shining through. If there be any good things, think on those. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Because joy comes from the Lord. Regardless of what's going on in our lives, we can still have joy. Because we have the source of our joy, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus is our joy. Jesus, Jesus is the reason for this season. Focus on Jesus. See, there's medical evidence that says that if we laugh, if we laugh, our whole body make up changes inside and we become stronger, better people. They've done research on this. They said even if you don't really mean it, if it's not that belly laugh and, 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 and you just do a fake one, you know. <laughs> it's all right. It still works. So fake it till you make it, baby. Fake it till you make it. See, when you think about being happy, happy has to do with what's happening in that time. So happy comes and goes. But joy, oh, hallelujah, joy is a constant. Oh, because Jesus is constant. Oh, hallelujah. You don't have to worry about it. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So no matter your circumstances, allow the Holy Spirit to fill you and embrace you so your life overflows with joy. Be encouraged, my people. Be encouraged and remember who and whose you are. We are not a conquered people. We are God's people. God loves us and cares for us. Oh, hallelujah! The joy of the Lord is our strength. So embrace the joy. Embrace the joy of Christmas. Now some of you may be saying, now Pastor Jacqueline, I, I want that joy you're talking about. I want to know this Jesus. 
because I need some of that joy this Christmas season. If you don't know Jesus, if you haven't been formally introduced, come. The Lord's arms are wide open. Come. Let me introduce you to my friend Jesus, my Savior. Oh, hallelujah. If there be one. Well, all right. We thank God for you. We thank God for you being here. Remember, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen and amen.